Hey, Bruce. Long night? Ooh, long five years. <laughs> um, at least it's quiet. Yeah. It was. I... <sighs> hey, back off! Hi, I'm sorry. Who are you? Uh, Kamala? Well, uh, Kamala, your Emeraldite friend here is kind of on my shit list. Okay. I deserve it. Yeah, you're damn right you deserved it. Do the Avengers pose a danger to society? That was the question, Bruce. That was the question. Did you even check the science? Did you check It was the a science? heist, Bruce. No. We were outsmarted. No. The Terrigen reactor was unstable, <laughs> and you knew that. You knew that, and you still paraded it before the entire world. So what? We just give up? We didn't give up, Tony. We failed. At least I can admit that. We failed him. We failed him. Hello once again to episode 8 of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Iron Man to my Captain America, John. Yay, so does that mean I have to be an asshole all, all episode and, like, really snarky? I believe that's how you are normally, so <laughs> Ouch. I don't think anything's changing. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's good to learn about yourself, so if that's the way i got to learn about myself, then so be it. I know you don't look at the emails, but that's all the feedback we've been getting is, wow, <laughs> wow. Wow, guy. can you shut this guy up, man? He's just, <laughs> he talks too long, he's too loud, he's obnoxious. That's fair. So I got to quiz you, John, to start this thing off. So sure. what everyone just heard is a clip from Avengers in which Bruce Banner and Tony Stark go at it. Uh, they are played by Troy Baker and Nolan North, two very prolific video game voice actors. How many games can you name that they starred in together? Oh, my God. None. Uh, <laughs> together? You can at least name one. You got to name one. You got to at least get one. I, I mean, is Troy in one of the Uncharted... Oh, wait, yeah, he's Uncharted 4, right? Yes. Isn't he, he's Sam, his brother. Correct, yep. Yep, so, I mean, it, it, I could probably name a lot of Troy Baker games. I don't know why I know him per, very well, but, I, I like, besides Uncharted, man, I don't think I could name you a single Nolan North game, so that that's kind of where I'm stuck at. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. It was very hard for me, too, just quizzing myself and then and then trying to find all the games they've been in because they've been in so many. But yeah. would you believe that they were both in The Last of Us? Uh, was Nolan the, the, um, Be the, careful the guy with the shotgun guy in the beginning, right? Like, mm, not no. in the beginning, but no? Okay. No, who was he in? Who was he in Last of Us? So I don't want to spoil much more about the character, but he is David. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. I did not know that was Nolan North. Ne- neither did I. I was shocked about that. Um, and then I knew I I knew that they were both in the Batman Arkham series. Uh, okay. Troy Baker is Two Face, and Nolan North is the Penguin in the Arkham okay. series. I, again, I would not have known the Penguin was Nolan North. I think that's. Like well, if you go it's, back a, it's a it's a testament to their abilities, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in Saints Row Four, if you were a male, uh, the male main character 
they did both a different voice option for him. So in the Saints okay. Row series, you can pick your pick your voice. They each did one of the voice tracks for the main character. So. All right. Well, I don't. I don't feel too too bad now. <laughs> not really being able to know any because I, I feel like I knew the Batman ones. Um, but obviously, I know how much those games are to you. So of course, those you you could get that. But all right, not too bad then. Not too bad. <laughs> being able to get at least one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a, like I said, they're so prolific. They've been in so many games. You you knew that they they probably they're probably even in more games than we mentioned. So right. Uh, I think yeah. If you go to like Troy Baker's like IMDb pages, he's probably got. 400, 400 projects, so <laughs> it'd take a little bit to get a full list, but yeah. Yeah, I was hoping the internet would have done it for me and, like, made that list, but they didn't, so it was just me comparing, like, <laughs> both their lists side by side. Well, I mean, like, you know, if, if there was a Mount Rushmore of video game voice actors, I mean, Troy Baker is probably number one, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. definitely making the list, and then it's probably Nolan North, uh, you know, and then the, who are the, the two girls, right? The, um, uh, Ashley Birch and Laura Bailey, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, but there's also I know there's also the uh, the female femshep, like she's a famous one from back in the day, right? Yeah. Oh boy, uh, I should know oh, her come name on. because yeah, you should. She's, she's in uh, she's in Metal Gear. <laughs> I should know her uh, name. Jennifer right, Hale. Well, Jennifer Hale. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I should know that because yes, she is in the Metal Gear series. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, yep. man. All right. Well, if you're just joining us, here's the format of the show. Uh, John and I are both going to bring three things for us to talk about. It can be a news item. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. And please email us if you have a question or if you think we're wrong or if you just want to keep piling on to John that he's a Uh sarcastic (laughs) and a giant asshole. that's, That's fine, too, you know. Well, yeah. I'll happily read that email on on the air here. So love us, hate <laughs> us, just just let us know you're out there. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so any of those things, we're gonna talk about them. We're gonna go through them, and I'm gonna kick it off with the first thing because as you heard last week, John hates August. <laughs> Sticking with his asshole moniker, he just hates yeah. everything. And of course, August, a month that has done nothing to him, but exists hey. that he has to be down on. And as I reminded him last week that, hey, video games come out, start coming out in August. Like, it's an exciting time. And I don't know if, like, the people over at PlayStation Australia heard me, <sighs> but <laughs> they, they tweeted out, a big old image of all the games coming out. Uh, we retweeted this on our Twitter account, PS Pals Pod, uh, all the games list. So I just thought we could uh, go through some of the interesting ones. We don't have to touch on all of them because there, there's a lot of small. There's a few smaller games on here that uh, I don't know anything about. But uh, I don't know, John. Did you see any games here that that stood out to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the image right now. Uh, actually, if you want to shoot that over to me in Teams, Nick, just so I can take a peek. But just going off the top of my head, um, uh, August 11th, uh, I'm really looking forward to Cult of the Lamb. Um, you know, it looks like a very cutesy, uh, weird uh, kind of 
uh, indie game, I guess, that has a little bit of town building in it, but also dungeon crawling where you're mixing, you know, you're mixing your abilities and gaining more things, you know, very roguelike uh, type things. But yeah, you're you're a lamb that allows, you know, you have to get people to basically worship you and, and buy into your satanic religion type thing. So uh, I got my eye on that one for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then... I'm really, really interested in Inscription. Um, yeah. You know, that yeah. that's a game that's just now coming to consoles. It's been on PC for a while now. I, is that a, is that Did that come out this year, Nick, or was that last year? I, I think I, it was last year. I, I think it was last year because it was, it was in the Game of the Year kind of discussions. Right. It's, it's currently sitting at like an 86 in Open Critic, so it was a very good game of last year. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a card game that's not a card game. It's got kind of something... Similar to like a Doki Doki Literature Club yeah. that I didn't play, but you played. But there's there's more to the game than just oh you're playing a card game against a mysterious stranger. There's more. There's a lot more uh, puzzle right. solving and other weird elements to the game. So it's very. I've heard as you know, it's very meta. Um, I think on like the PC version, there's kind of parts where you almost like leave the game, mess with some of the system files to change things that you need to. It's you know it's tries to do everything it can to subvert your expectations and uh there's a guy that nick and i both work with played this last year he's primarily a pc gamer but um it was in his game of the year conversation you know something and i think at one point he even said it might have been leading it so um you know if you're into the weird kind of different video game experiences uh that's definitely one i would i would look into as well that one comes out on august 30th i believe Mm -hmm. um so towards the end of the month but you know it'll be here soon nonetheless um but other than that man I, i i think the rest are kind of you know if they review well i might take a look you know roller drome is something that seems to be getting a lot of buzz um you know all the previews that i've seen of that game are really praising it for it's um i think just the way it feels you know it's it's tony hawk with guns and (laughs) also it's it's more single player focused than i kind of thought initially when i saw it you know it, it looks based on the trailer like it is made for multiplayer but i believe it's it's mostly a single player experience so you know it is something i could find myself playing if it, if it comes out and people are talking about it was it super hot was the vr game where like you had, you could slow mo time and you got it was kind of like a, you could shoot and then move time a little bit and do all kinds of all kinds of crazy things yeah, super hot is awesome. Yeah, where when you know I played it in VR. Basically, when your character moves is when time moves. So a young guy's gonna shoot at you, and you you know you can just stare at the bullet as long as you're not moving. But as soon as you start moving, it's gonna do it. So it's it's almost like a puzzly type thing. But I'm sure you're going into the art style here. So I'll go ahead. <laughs> oh no, that's what kind of roller drone kind of reminds me of. It's kind of like you're doing tricks, and there's enemies on screen, and you have to take care of them while performing, you know, weird roller skater trips like out of Tony Hawk. So it's kind of almost like a a weird puzzle like that and you know there's probably going to be videos of people doing perfect runs on each level uh, very similar to super hot or hotline miami like just kind of like a you're here's an arena here it's full of guys you got to kill them all and do a bunch of cool (laughs) tricks on roller skates while you do it i recommend looking it up it looks it looks very interesting and as john pointed out the previews of this game have been through the roof Right. Really uh, unique art style too. You know, it's it's, it's like almost cell shaded on acid. It's yeah. very clean, <laughs> very very thin, clean lines everywhere, um, with a little bit of jaggedness, which I know kind of counter is counterintuitive to what I just said. But uh, yeah, check it out. It's got a, if anything, just a very unique look to it. Yeah, yeah. And then just a, a few more that I'm going to point out. A two point campus. 
uh, from Two Point Studios, which is just getting reviewed today. It's currently sitting at an 83 on Open Critic. Uh, just it's a sequel to Two Point Hospital, so if you played that, you know what you're getting into. Uh, just I kind of randomly will fall into these simulator games like Two Point Campus or Jurassic World Evolution. Just get kind of lost in the, you know, not the Twitch gaming that I'm used to doing. Just watching the simulation take place and just you know acting as needed. There's uh, kind of a little sublime feeling when I'm playing games mm-hmm. like that. So. I think everybody at some point, if you're a gamer, has some sort of affection for Roller Coaster Tycoon, which yeah. is kind of like the, 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 you know, the genesis of this. Well, I guess SimCity really is the genesis of this genre, but, um, you know, that Roller Coaster Tycoon is where I did. So it's just pretty, pretty, pretty up Roller Coaster Tycoon that takes place on a university. So, yeah, and it's, yeah. Not, it's got a goofy sense of humor. It's, it's absurd, as yeah. those games should be. Um, and then finally, kind of like the big release, but I'm still like, I'm not sure what to think of it is Saints Row. You know, they're kind of soft mm-hmm. reboot in the series. We've talked about it on this uh, podcast before with the Boss Factory. And then as we talked about the second half of the year, the bigger games, we talked about it. Um, IGN released their first 15 minutes of game and it, it looked pretty solid. It looked fun. But boy, is the internet so down on this game. <laughs> uh, a tough crowd, that internet. Tough yeah. crowd. <laughs> yeah, it seems like ever since the reveal trailer where it looked like a kind of like a more like a woke yeah. Fortnite, uh, people just have kind of like cannot get out of that image or the projection that they're putting on this game. Um, and it very well might be that, but, you know, we haven't seen enough and it is coming, you know, in a few weeks here. And I, I really want it to be good because... I really want to play some new, bigger games. So, yeah, I uh, I I think that is one of my least favorite trends in recent gaming memory. Is ever since Fortnite came out, it seems like if you have a game where you're leaning towards crazy or zany or funny or anything like that, you almost immediately just employ the Fortnite art style and then try to add <laughs> as much crazy shit as you can. Like, I'm even on this list. I'm looking at this game, Rumbleverse, right? And there's a there's a guy with a button-down shirt and a chicken head on. And, you know, it's got that kind of bubbly, yeah. round, cartoony, <laughs> bright color art style to it. And it's just, it's getting a little tiring. So, I mean, I, I think Saints Row, from a gameplay standpoint, it's probably going to be just fine. Um, you know, the amount of things you can do flying around with your wingsuit or, you know, the, the gunplay looks fun. Um, I just hope that they don't get in their own way and make it so focused on this. Look at all the ways you can express yourself. It's like, no, man, I want to just play a game, have fun, drive around this world and blow some shit up. Right. Please, please don't make me try and like, I don't know, focus on the express myself aspect or, or what have you. So. Um, I'm pulling for you, man. I know how, you know, Nick's been talking about this game for a while. Even, I think, <laughs> leading into the year, it was one of his most anticipated games. So, um, hoping it comes out and, you know, does well for you. But, you know, it's it, it does have a hill to climb once the internet makes up their mind. With rare exception, you know, like No Man's <laughs> Sky comes to mind. They, they, they changed it. So, we'll see. Yeah, it, it was supposed to be out in February. That's why I kind of <laughs> talked about it way back in 2021. Yeah. Uh, and then it got pushed to August here. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll know very soon. And now we'll definitely be talking about it on this show. Um, yeah. One uh, one one last thing. I, sorry, on the games, I've just noticed that this one's here. Is I just want to give a quick, quick 
shout out to Thymesia or Thymesia. Um, every, anybody who likes Souls games, especially Bloodborne, uh, check this out. You can tell that this game is wearing Bloodborne on its sleeve. Um, I can't speak to how it's going to feel. You know, that's kind of where the From Software games really set themselves apart from other games is just they have a, a very specific feel to them. Uh, weightiness and, you know, the way that that characters move and things. So, don't know if it's going to hit on that note, but I, it looks like it even has the rally mechanic that Bloodborne does where you can kind of keep attacking and get some health back. So, just uh, if you are a Uber Bloodborne slash From Software fan, check out the Thymesia. Cool. Yeah, there, yeah, and there's more games. I mean, you know, Madden's coming, and there's a couple of JRPGs between Dust Diver 2 and Soul Hackers 2, uh, and a bunch of bunch of indie games, uh, Giga Bash, which was featured on the PlayStation blog. Uh, a bunch of so a bunch of games are coming. John, enjoy mm-hmm. August more. Sure, Play one of these sure. games. Maybe you'll feel better. <laughs> I will try. Like I said, Cult Cult of the Lamb. Uh, I am genuinely excited for and. Uh, but it's interesting, man. I mean, we're now living in this world where there's PlayStation Essentials, there's PlayStation Extra. Do mm-hmm. I buy this game? Do I wait for this game? What do I do? And so it's just, it's interesting, man. Like, I, I know, you know, we're probably going to be talking about streaming services almost every episode for God knows how long. And it'll just be interesting to keep track and see how it affects, you know, uh, purchasing decisions for people. Because... It's a game, if, if Extra wasn't a thing, I'd probably buy it day one, but now that I know it's not, or you know that Extra is a thing, I might just wait. I don't know. Right. Yeah, and we'll we see. don't even know the, I mean, we got a little tease of the Yakuza games coming, but we don't know the full list of PlayStation Extra and Premium games coming this month, so there could be even more stuff to play right. uh, uh, for you to you know, get your hands on in August. So, But right. games are coming. Play them. Especially you, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't play enough games. Just uh, don't platinum <laughs> them. Just play them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of platinums, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that later. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next topic. What do you got for us, John? Yeah, so uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about you know something that was a lot more prevalent in my earlier gaming years. Uh, in fact, at one point, it, it spoke to a lot of my favorite games, and that's kind of the... The gaming peripheral, right? These are these are things that we've had for a long, long time. You know, you think back to the Virtual Boy and you know NES, and those even had all these crazy old-looking tech things. And you know, transitioning into the golden age of peripherals, which I would probably say was like the Guitar Hero, DDR, Rock Band, those kind of things. And yeah, just uh, right off the bat, Nick, I just kind of wanted to see, you know, do, do you have a history with peripherals or any soft spots for for this kind of stuff, or is it, you know, generally uh, you, you just want your controller in your hands and, and go. Yeah, I'm a I'm a giant controller snob. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. Uh, outside of the light gun that came with the NES, and then I bought. Um, I just was talking to you about this the the shoot 'em up that was on PS3 that came with one. Uh, time Time Crisis Four. Time Crisis Four. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, outside of those, I I didn't buy them. I. As much as they were at every party I went to when I was younger, I just never got into rock band or guitar hero. Um, I definitely did play them from time to time, but they they're just they were just something to do while I was drunk. You know, it wasn't it was never you, something. You, my friend, are a fool. You're a fool. <laughs> I know. I'm definitely in the minority because I know like those were. I mean, they were huge sellers. Like it yeah. was a huge thing between guitar and rock band. Those were like 
some of the biggest selling games of the year. Um, but no, yeah, I just, I'm just, I am a controller snob. I just, that's my preferred way to play games. I don't, even the Wiimote, you know, is, yeah. I was just not into that either. I just, I have to play games with both hands on a controller using sticks. So, um, no, that's fair. So that's fair. I, yeah. I mean, for, for me, um, like I said, they played such a huge part, uh, probably, especially in like my, uh, let's see, what year would this have been? Probably like 2004, 2005, 2006, right? With the rise of Guitar Hero. When that came out, I remember going to Best Buy, seeing the demo for it, and like immediately just be like, oh, I like this. Like, and, and I've always been a very kind of like, well, this is going to sound very, uh, I don't know self-promoting but I'm, I'm a coordinated guy right so I, i'm pretty good with rhythm and things so i immediately picked it up and kind of started to even feel myself getting a little bit better and better uh within like the 10 minutes i was playing it and i couldn't get it out of my head so i think at some point in the next week you know obviously this was so long ago i can't remember specifics i i ditched school which i never did i never ditched school i was actually a pretty good student to go to best buy to just spend the afternoon playing that demo and so obviously I had to get my hands on that as soon as I can. I bought Guitar Hero, you know, got to got to the expert level, all that stuff pretty quickly, you know, started to introduce my friends to it. Like you said, Nick, you know, you can kind of really tailor a party around that, especially at the age, you know, 14, 15, where you can't really do much more than, you know, play video games or, um, you know, try and sneak behind your parents' backs and steal alcohol or whatever. But <laughs> it, uh, you know, it really, it really was an important thing. And that obviously led into Rock Band. Uh, rock Band, I would bet, you know, if you were able to keep track of all the times that I spent playing, like, PS3 games, it's probably my number one played PS3 game. Um, in college, I would just have friends come over. We'd, you know, somebody gets the guitar, I get the drums. Somebody that wants to make an ass of themselves can get the microphone and sing. And it's a, it's a good time. Um, but, like, I do wonder, you know, are those days over? I, I know that... Rock Band 4 was tried to be a thing, Guitar Hero Live tried to be a thing, but it just seems like this that those days have come and gone. And you know, we might get there one day going forward once enough time's been removed from these things, but yeah, I, I think we are kind of just in this position where people don't want the clutter, you know, they don't want the these giant controllers lying around their house. And with the rise of VR and games like Beat Saber, that's honestly a little bit cooler anyway. Um, so I don't know if, if we'll ever get those back, but I wanted to just talk about them because, again, they were such an important part of my childhood. And uh, I did find, while I was just kind of looking at peripherals, Nick, I just want to like read a couple of these off because they, they're hilarious to me, of uh, failed peripherals um, that you know just never took off. So let me pull this up here. <laughs> uh, did you ever play Rocksmith? That was the other, like, that tried to lead more into the serious, like, hey, you're going to learn to play guitar. Yeah, so uh, I have. I own it. I oh. own a guitar. I played it hard for about a week until I realized, like, oh my god, this is tough. And I've always <laughs> wanted to. I've always wanted to learn the guitar. One of my best friends growing up, you know, best man at my wedding, uh, Dan. He is, you know, fantastic at the guitar. So I obviously grew up watching him play and thought that. You know, maybe this is my entry point. You know, I love video games. I obviously, as I said, I'm pretty good at Guitar Hero. You know, this would be the way to do it. And honestly, 
it still may be. I look at, I have it on my shelf. I've never gotten rid of it. You know, it's something that if that day ever comes or, you know, if my, my children decide they want to play guitar, I think it's actually a pretty good entry point. But you have to still be committed to learning <laughs> the guitar. It's not just like, oh, I want to play this game and have, you know, it's like, no, you're like right. almost, it's almost like going to a tutor, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is good, but, you know. Right. So yeah, just so just real quick, I just wanted to kind of go through some of these, these peripherals. Like Super Nintendo. Did you know Nick Super Nintendo had a mouse that you could plug into the into the console? I did know this because it was like yep. Mario Paint was a thing. Yeah. So yep. was, yeah. Stupid. Uh, there's something called the Nintendo. Uh, let me see the speed pad. Nah, the speed board. It literally looks like a CG or a. Um, a 3D printed plastic thing that your NES controller sits in and it was marketed as the allows you to hit buttons faster. So I don't know if this was like the rise of the mashing buttons to like, you know, get something or like maybe fighting games, but it's, it just looks absurd. You know, we really come a long way. Um, Nintendo U-Force, it's this weird laptop looking thing that you set your hand on and it's supposed to read your finger inputs to like mimic it in game. And it's just, there's so many bad ideas that just came and went. And so I imagine we'll keep getting some three or some uh, peripheral type stuff going forward. But I think there's also a reality where VR is the only peripheral that we'll need. You know, that can, you know, if the controller comes out for the, the VR2 and it, you know, does haptics well and the headset does haptics well, like, why do you need anything else? Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, you know, important part of my childhood. Uh, just wanted to, you know, go down nostalgia road real quick. Sure. Do you think that Just Dance, and unintentionally, the because it came out before TikTok, mm. killed peripherals? It's just a kind of interesting thought I had because TikTok is a huge thing. It, mm. it started because it was about dancing. Just Dance is mm. a game about mm -hmm. dancing that it, that is very successful and is still releasing to this day from Ubisoft. Do you think that may have had a hand in the the death of physical peripherals? Uh, I think it could definitely be a factor of it, but I would imagine the cross section of of people who are into Just Dance and like rabid TikTokers is probably not too huge, um, and. You know, looking at the again the, the golden age of of um, peripherals, right? They're usually something that's a, that's that's around like a, a input or a music music game, right? Like the guitar, the rock band, DDR. You know, those huge pads. It's something that you can provide inputs to onto a screen to mimic, right? Which is what Just Dance is. But I think what I think people just got kind of sick and tired of these games that would come out. You know, it's it's obviously a higher entry point for price you have True. to buy the big controller with it right i think rock band was 200 250 bucks when it first came out which i happily paid once i played it because i loved it but once you start to get like okay i beat the shit out of these these this drum set i need a new one you know the next rock band's coming out all it really is is an updated list of new tracks and if you don't like those tracks why would you buy it mm -hmm. and then having to store these things right you know it's it was fine when you were actively using it when when rock band was a thing but as soon as you're putting it into a closet to bust out once a year when friends come over to go down <laughs> nostalgia and, and play it for a couple songs it's it it's not worth it. And so I think we just kind of got so far away from that initial zeitgeist and like, oh my God, I fucking love this to, you know, like, ah, it's, it's just a old thing that I used to do that it's just, 
we're too far removed from our generation who like those things to try and like market it to new kids and, and us us adults now you know we have nice apartments and and wives and things that are like hey, get this shit out of here you can't have the rock band drum set in our living room you're like you know so i think that's probably the biggest reason but you know but if they can maybe you know vr technology gets good enough you know why couldn't you sit down mm-hmm. in a chair and that's with your point. controllers and like just have a virtual drum kit that that you can mess around with so it'll come back in a different way um but i don't think we're going to see those large large uh peripherals kind of enter our, our living spaces anymore right yeah I'm as much as i that. wish they might but <laughs> yeah all right all right you take us to the next uh, next topic nick sure sure will so you know last week while talking about the ps5 software beta we talked about probably one of the least used things which was activity cards we there is one more thing that is even <laughs> at least used than that and that is yeah. accolades so if you are unfamiliar with accolades they're introduced on the ps5 and if you go to your profile page it's kind of divided into trophies accolades games and friends and when you click on accolades it's like oh when you're playing a multiplayer game uh, and you do good, people can reward you with different different these accolades. It could be like leader or team player, you know, things that's, that show that, hey, when you play multiplayer games with this guy, he's, you know, he's, do, he's on the objectives or whatever, you know, he's taking charge, he's communicative, you know. Uh, but I'll be honest, I've never used it and I never earned one and we're a few months away from two years on PS5. I don't know about you, John. Did you ever receive one single accolade? No, and in all fairness, I'm not a multiplayer guy, so like it would be weird if I did. It's it was just honestly, it was kind of a piss poor idea from the get go. You know, <laughs> it, it was. I, I understand the thought process. You want to bring people like closer together, maybe have a more intimate connection with somebody than just like a game a gamer tag on a screen. You know, you can say, "Hey, man, like I just want you to know you did a good job," but. These, these accolades aren't even tied to game-specific things. You know, it doesn't really show a record of, of you know, anything more than, like, yeah, I, I have 15 leadership awards. Isn't that cool? Like, what does that really mean? <laughs> you know, and so and, and when you don't have the buy-in from other people, it's just it's going to be a doomed, doomed failure. So, no, I, I've never gotten one. I've never entered the accolades tab. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it seems like it was probably a good move to to nix this. Right, and it was a PS5 only feature. Yeah, that's I guess that's oh, yeah. we're not getting to the point. Is oh. like Sony's getting rid of it. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like they they announced on their their notice uh, board of discontinued features that this is this is going away. And you know, I was curious. I was I wanted to see like what is it like to give someone an accolade? Like, like wh- how do you even know when you can? Like, there's no uh, John. You play Rocket League. You've never had a prompt mm-hmm. to do it. No. And, and that's because PS uh, Rocket League is technically not a PS5 game, but in Warzone, which it has a PS5 skew, when you're in a game, you can click in the right stick, and then it gives you everyone. And again, they have to be on PS5. And then you can award them an accolade. <laughs> so yeah, see, it's it's so half baked, man. Like that's that's yeah. how could you think that that's a, a going to be a successful program? And maybe this was just phase one, and they thought if phase one you know worked well, they could maybe go into two and three where things become game specific, or you know they they get more robust with the ways that you can award, reward people. But you know, if you want to give people accolades, 
like why not let them choose what they want like to put people into four different buckets it's just it's so limiting and and just if you limit and remove how something could be exciting like yeah you're, you're, people are naturally going to drift away from it you know and then it seems like they they put all these weird little like um, I can't think of the right word, but like reasons you or like ways that you have to do it, right? It's like, okay, accolades are sent anonymously. Why? Like, why? If I want somebody, if I want to send a, a message to somebody that, hey, I thought you did a good job, like, you know, why, why don't you have the ability to show, like, show my name or not? And then if right. a person receives it, be like, oh, thanks, man. Like, oh, it was good playing with you. Do you want to become friends online? We can play again for, for the future. But if you don't know who sent it to you, then right. what the hell? It's or, positive you know, feedback. Why wouldn't, why does it matter who you know who's doing it? You know, it's one thing if exactly. it was negative feedback, but. <laughs> or, or you know, another one is you can only send an accolade to one player per match. Why? Like, why can't I send, okay, we were a great team in, in I don't know, Overwatch, right? And like, hey, all you did a great job. We, we worked as a team. We killed it. But you can't. So you just have to then, if you really want to send that message, like message, you know, DM these people directly. And it's just, mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like it had enough thought before implementation, which is weird because I feel like these companies are usually almost too thoughtful before they roll things out. But yeah, and it, that it being a PS5 only feature and not like like you mentioned, Rocket League doesn't have a PS5 SKU. Uh, a lot of these a lot of these companies aren't there yet. A lot of these multiplayer games aren't there yet, and you know, no, no, mm-hmm. everyone's releasing a PS4 or PS5 version. You know, maybe if we get a further into this uh, current. Uh, hardware generation, like maybe with more people on PS5s, more people playing PS5 versions of games, it could have been used more. But as you as you explain, like even if it was out there for everyone, it's just so it's such a half baked idea. I don't I don't think it'd work even if everyone could do it. You know? Yeah. Did you did you say or do you know if was this a launch feature or was this something they implemented? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a launch feature. So again, like okay, so the only. Black Ops Cold War? Like, what else was there at launch that was, like, a multiplayer-focused game? Like, I guess, like, um, crap. What was that crappy car game that was supposed to be at launch and came Des- on the Destruction All-Stars. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> I, it's just, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's a good thing they got rid of it. I don't think, obviously, they have all the metrics, know how much it was being used, so they wouldn't get rid of it if people were actually using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, get, get, get. Get that, get that shit out of here. <laughs> it's still there. There's no date on when it's coming. It's just like the this fall. It's it'll, which will probably be this when this beta, <laughs> this PS5 firmware beta we were just talking about last week. When that goes live for everyone, I bet yeah. you that'll be the same time this X comes through. So, yeah, I would bet September, October on that probably. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, bye bye accolades. Yeah, can't really miss <laughs> something I never use. So. Oh, well. So let's move into some games. Some yes. better topics. Games some we're really, playing. really good games. Yes. So uh, I am almost at the Platinum Trophy uh, for Death's Door. So mm. I've gotten every trophy in the game except for, you know, they. yes, Nick, they unfortunately make you do the, the second playthrough uh, where I have to use a weakened weapon, and that's it. So it's just kind of doing the same things over again. But I'm not mad about it. Um, this is a game that I originally played on Game Pass uh, when I had COVID, and I was restricted into the small bedroom of my house with a shitty TV and had to just kind of like, you know, play, play it to the best of my abilities. 
and it was okay. You know, it was it seemed very simplistic. You know, this is a this is a top down uh, kind of like an isom isometric camera angle Zelda like game, right? Where you're you're a little crow who has like kind of a sword, and you're going through, and you're uh, you have very uh, tight movement, fluid combat. You know, these enemies come on, you'll probably get three or four hits on one. You got a, a pretty robust dodge roll, so you know it's that kind of game. I'm sure you all can picture it, but. Playing it, playing it initially, I wasn't thrilled with it. I didn't think it was bad, but it was nothing I wanted to continue. And so uh, we had a PlayStation sale that I think knocked this down to 50% off, and I wanted to give it another shot, wanted to play it on my preferred platform because I recently got you know a nice basement with a nice TV, couch, sound system, and all that. And I'm very, very happy I did because as soon as I put this on you know the OLED TV with the sound, I immediately, immediately started to like it more you know I, I learned to appreciate the music it's very very pretty music throughout the entire game it's a little somber uh, with some you know little uh, more upbeat tracks here and there you'll spoiler alert you'll hear one at the end of this podcast that's kind of a banger and um you know, I think it's just a, a really well-designed game. You know, it kind of starts off and has one of those things that it happens a lot in games where you kind of have multiple ways you can go and you start to feel a little overwhelmed, not really knowing what the path is. There, there's no map in this game. There's no, um, you know, HUD really that tells you where you need to go. You just kind of have to pay attention and, and keep going forward. And once I kind of realized that the game doesn't isn't as big as it felt and that these doors start to open up, at the, uh, you have a hub world, right, where... It's like this bureaucratic office where you're uh, effectively a reaper uh, trying to send souls to the afterlife because death is not around. And you use that hub world to like get to different areas. You know, there's three main areas of the game uh, where you have to take down bosses in each of those areas to reach the final uh, the final area. And it's just overall. A, a, a very good experience. You know, it doesn't overstay its welcome. I would say I'm probably, after getting every trophy, probably like a good 15, 16 hours in. So after getting the platinum, I'll probably probably put about 20 into it because obviously I'm skipping cutscenes and dialogue and things like that. Um, but the game does a very good job with the little things, right? It, it's it's combat. You know, like I said, the controls are super tight. The, the little crow dude does everything you want when you want him to. Um, but the exploration is very, very good in this game as well, you know, with, with a good trophy list. You know, when you're doing a trophy list, obviously, if there's things to collect, you're probably going to have to collect all those. Um, so, you know, you're getting all the weapons. Uh, you're getting these things called life seeds, uh, which, is, which is actually a very clever way to do with the health system in this game. So, basically, mm -hmm. there's 50 different pots hidden out throughout all the world. And you can collect these life seeds that you're able to plant inside the pots. And initially, I didn't know if they were a re reusable item or not, or if it's a one-off. So what, what happens is you'll plant a seed into a pot. The pot grows, and you can consume the flower to give yourself life. It refills your, your health all the way up to the top, and then the flower withers away. That flower will come back, though. So I don't know if it's on a timer or if it's like a thing if you go through a door, like, and then you come back, it, it'll open back up. But once I realized that, it allowed me to kind of strategically start placing these life seeds in, in different spots so that I know, like, okay, there's a boss over here. I can come back and fill up my health if I need to. Um, but then eventually, as the game goes on and you're looking at the Platinum Trophy, you have to fill up every single one of these things and find every single seed. But the, they're not hidden so well where you're banging your head against the wall. In fact, I think I got 47 of the 50 just naturally playing through the game. And so I had to go into a guide and find the last three, but that wasn't such a big deal. Um, but the game also does a great job with, with, again, with the exploration when it comes to 
post-game stuff. You know, you, you beat the game, you beat the final boss, and, you know, most games they'll say, okay, now you can just have free roam to go about the world and find what you need to. Uh, but this game, you know, you, you beat it, and immediately it allows you to access an area of the map that you never, you weren't able to go to. And once you get to that area, there's a big bell that basically changed it, changes the, uh, the game from night to day. And in night mode, you know, there's different events happening. You go to the Lost Cemetery, and there's all of a sudden there's these seven pink ghosts that are floating around, and you figure out you have to lead them to these different doors, uh, which will then open up another door once you get all seven. And once I did that, it, it, it unlocked a, what's called an ancient tablet. And so I'm like, okay, well, what the heck are these? These weren't items in the original game. And then you find out that there's six other tablets hidden throughout the world with various minor objectives, you know, whether it's you have to light six bonfires that you didn't light in a, a specific area of the game, or there's here's a new boss that you didn't have access to uh, earlier in the game that's going to give you a tablet. And it just provided a, a good reason to keep going after the credits roll. And if you're a trophy hunter like myself, you know, really you know, provided another almost like tight new game to kind of experience to to get all the things that you wanted to get. Um, but, you know, it overall, it was just very, very pleasant. You know, it had this weird melancholy but kind of beautiful, like, tone to it throughout the entire thing. Um, story is very meh, you know, which you kind of expect from a game like this. You know, death was removed from the world. He was trapped by the Lord of Doors, who you know, originally you think is fine. Turns out, blah, blah, he's not. And so you kind of just have to do work your way through a, a silly little story. But, um you know, the, the, the crow is very cute. You know, if you're not moving, he's doing that thing that all birds do where they move their head really quickly, right? And, like, kind of, like, look like they're, you know, teleporting their head around, which is, like, you know, it's kind of a cute little touch. And, um, you know, I know, I know, you know, I know you got kind of towards the end of this game, Nick, and, you know, weren't thrilled with it. What was it, what was kind of about it that, that, that you know, caused you to bounce off of it, would you say? <clears throat> so, <laughs> it's funny that you said you dig the melancholy vibe. I did yeah. not dig that. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I bought this game when it came to PlayStation back in November. Uh, I got about, as you let me know, like three-fourths of the way through the game. And I, I was stuck at a boss. And I don't. I was trying to find, like, another reason, like, why I bounced off of it. Like, another game came out. But there was no... I didn't really win any trophies around there. Or my, my games list didn't, like, hint at any reason why I stopped. But mm -hmm. it's very similar to, like, I bounce off a of Hollow Knight. It's like... I don't like indie games because I don't I'm I'm kind of moving beyond like the old school game design. And yeah. so like with Hollow Knight, which is a lot of the same tones as this, but you know, that's a Metroidvania. Uh Death Store is kind of like a a Legend of Zelda game, the old school game with the isometric view. And I I don't know, I just I don't find them very fun. I don't find the gameplay very in depth and if I hit it even the slightest wall I just kind of bounce off so when I was stuck on the, the third boss this uh, yeti type creature I was just like I'm done like I, I just I'm not enjoying the game so I was gonna I'm gonna bounce off of it and it's kind of a bummer you know like this game is reviewed very well I think it was at an 88 on open critic yep. but yep. you know sometimes you just understand like this game isn't for me like so I just now, not to take away anything that you said, I, I believe all those points. Like, there's a lot. Like, the music is phenomenal, and yeah, and like uh, the, the gameplay is tight, and it's you know the the avarice rooms are are fun because they're just chaos, but you're you're usually in control, and the magic's cool, and all the little things that you can, the secrets that you find in these games are fun. But yeah, I don't know. It just 
it these games just they don't speak to me anymore like they did when I when they when they were how all the games were you know yeah so. no, no I, I I hear what you're saying you know and you know it, it, it don't feel bad Nick we are allowed to have different points on games <laughs> or different you know different thoughts and, and feelings but um, yeah you know I, I think if you are a fan of smaller titles um, you know do not sleep on this you know I, I would imagine if you are a fan of smaller titles you you kind of already know about it but um, yeah, I, 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 that's interesting, the Hollow Knight comparison, because you also just found a boss that you hated, and just, that's the same thing that happened, right? You're like, yep. yeah, I'm done. I yep. don't, yeah. And and I do, I, I naturally like, you know, somber tones, I guess, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But, like, you know, even shows like, you know, my favorite shows, right, Breaking Bad or Chernobyl, which is a HBO series that's one of the biggest downers of types of thing you can have. But, you know, I don't think it's a, a bad thing to have emotions that aren't happy and uh <laughs> of course not you know yeah so you know it's it's good to it's a little refresher every once in a while but um yeah man i uh very happy i played it and i i just got to get this platinum trophy and then then we'll be wrapping it up moving on to the next thing <sighs> yes yes yep yep you'll never ca- you'll never catch me <laughs> <laughs> speaking of platinums let's just get it out of the way platinum watch John, do you you have a platinum trophy to tell us about? I do. Uh, Platinum number 32. Um, And and this one's a little special, all right? So I'm not not going to uh, tell the... do the full story because I, I, I could probably talk about this game for hours. Um, my, I have a five-year-old son, Levi. Uh, he is the coolest kid in the world. I love him to death. He fell in love with a game called Descenders. And it's, it's a physics-based downhill mountain biking game where you, you start kind of on the top of a hill, canyon, what, forest, whatever, whatever the map is, and you just have to get to the, the end of the run, which is at the bottom of a hill, right? There's going to be obstacles in your way. There's going to be ramps in your way. But, again, it's physics-based. So, right, you pull down on the right stick, the guy's going to start doing a backflip. You push up, front flip, to go to the left, he's, doing a, he's starting to do a 360. You hold the L1 button, and you can do, and then he'll start doing tricks. And it's not a bad game, honestly. You know, I, I, hate, I hated this game for a long, long time because, again, Levi, I love you, but this is all he wanted to play. Like, it's, I'm going to have probably 400, 500 hours in this game when it's all said and done, man. Like, this is all he wanted to do. And so played this game for a long time, and what I noticed pretty quickly was that it was bugged very very bugged trophies were broken glitches all the time in the game um it ran pretty poorly lots of stuttering and so i never really even thought about getting the platinum in this game it was just kind of a game that i you know again you know my son when he wanted to chill out play some games we could turn it on they released an update to this thing kind of again this game came out in 2017 so it's an old one but they released an update a couple months ago and i was like oh that's weird where they they added some new missions and things like that but they also fixed a bunch of trophies so when i logged into the game i think i immediately got like nine trophies and it got me within three from having the platinum and so i obviously at this point i'm like okay i got to do a couple quick things uh to to wrap this up they're all going to be tough but you know, I can do this, man. I can, I can actually do this. And so I did um, the other day, and it is officially my rarest trophy. I think it's 0.92% of people have the platinum in this game because, again, if you, to get the platinum, you have to be dedicated to it. And uh, I guess I was dedicated to it through my five-year-old. And um, 
happy to put the game behind me. Unfortunately, you know, he's still uh, very much dad, let's play Descenders, and it's hard for me to play a game after I got a platinum, but obviously for my kid I will. Um, but happy to say that I, I can rinse my hands of this game. I don't have to, like, try to do any missions or tasks in this game anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend it unless if you are a extreme sports junkie who likes score chasing, who likes you know, um, collecting different, you know, bike models and helmet models and shirts and pants and, and things like that. But not platinum number 32. And yeah, man, I think, what is that, Nick? That's four or five in the last like month or two. So really, really turning up the heat on, uh, on you and Jake, uh, to, to try and catch up, even though we both know you won't. So good luck, bud. (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) I know. Platinum trophies were supposed to be something that I enjoyed doing, that I could get a little bit extra out of this, out of the game. And you and Jake have just turned this into something that I am being compelled to do just to shut your mouth. <laughs> nope, nope. It's, it, listen, hold on, hold on. We both know this is Jake's fault, right? <laughs> right? I mean, you and I, we, hey. were, we, were, we, were, we were talking games. We were playing PlayStation, you know, all, for the last three years and, you know, not really worrying about Platinums all that much. Here comes Jake. In 2020, uh, probably going to have to get, that, get his name out of there. You might have to edit this. Um, here comes our friend, and he gets, what, 10 Platinums this year? So, is that right? 10 Platinums this year? That's correct, yes. So we went from like 3 to 15, and it's just like, God, man, like, okay, well, you're coming, you're coming after me. I have to step it up. So, you know, got to step it up, man. I yeah. felt threatened. Okay, sure. You're at, well, you said 31, he's at 15. I think, I think you don't need to 30, freak out 30. I don't know, man. He was at 3 in like January, so... <laughs> You know. I think you're overreacting and rationalizing this horrible behavior. Yeah, well, hey, if you gotta, you know, I gotta convince myself somehow to have these horrible, you know, hobbies where I ignore my 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 responsibilities to get a fake, you know, glittery trophy in a in a digital space. So, <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> For the record, I'm at 21. So. Yes. I'm not close to John or anything. So, like I said, yeah. he's just rationalizing his his behavior, but. Yes. We'll let him do I, that. I, I'm, the, I'm the resident asshole. It's what I do. <laughs> It'll make it all the sweeter when I, when I, when I pass him. So, yes. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. I have also played a game. That game is called Marvel Avengers. Uh, this is an interesting one. It came out two years ago in August of 2020. This comes from Crystal Dynamics, who are responsible for the the reboot of the Tomb Raider series uh, to the Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider Rise of Shadows. Um, And uh, so it's been two years since the game's been out. It has recently been released to the PlayStation Plus Extra tier, so I thought I would check it out. Uh, As John mentioned, I am a big Marvel fan, but I avoided this game. Uh, hmm. A little backstory on that. I played the beta, and very similar to the Anthem beta in which I played, I knew instantly that something was wrong. Something did not feel right, and so I am going to stay away from this game. So, so that's the, the backstory here. Uh, and the game came out, and it's not doing so hot. It is on a 69 on Open Critic. Um, but I am glad that I played it. 
you know, so many times we're, when we look for games to play, we go, oh, what's the best game? Like, oh, Disco Elysium. Everyone says that's a great game. We should run out and play that. Nobody's going back and looking at, oh, these games that reviewed very poorly, and maybe I should check them out to see why they reviewed so poorly. Maybe, you know, I'll learn something about it. So I was glad that I played a game that is getting <laughs> that is 69 and open critic. Um, mm-hmm. So I played the campaign. I completed the campaign. Uh, I have played as all the Avengers and then the ones that they they later added to the game. So Black Panther, Spider-Man. So I am very familiar with the the game at the start and then the game at the end and where it kind of converts itself from the third-person story game to a third-person live service game with a gigantic loot and level grind. Uh, so the campaign kind of starts as a, you know, run-of-the-mill third-person game. You're going to kind of combat encounters. You're playing as Kamala Khan and the Hulk. Uh, the voice acting is tremendous. As we mentioned earlier, the Mount Rushmore of voice acting, this game stars them all. Uh, mm-hmm. As we mentioned, Nolan North as Iron Man, Troy Baker as Bruce Banner, Laura Bailey as Black Widow, Ashley Birch as Kate Bishop, Christopher Judge, our boy Kratos, as Black Panther. That That's that's an incredible voice lineup. And yes. and they all do a great job instilling these uh, the characters that we know from their MCU counterparts. Like, they, they do a great job. The, act, the acting's on point. The story, eh, whatever. But it's a typical Avengers story. But as you move on, they slowly, slowly start seeping in all the live service games. Like, your loot level starts becoming a thing. And if anyone plays Destiny 2 or any live service game, every, every piece of loot has a number attached to it. And as you get, get higher and higher, your overall loot level increases, and that gives you access to, to more difficult missions, uh, more endgame content. Uh, you know, the, and I think the end game light level or gear level in this is 175 so you're slowly creeping that up and then you're introduced to faction vendors and faction vendors sell you loot and they have levels so if you do a bunch of quests for a certain faction whether it be shield or the inhumans uh they'll send you they'll sell you better gear and then you start getting into getting mission gated like you can't start missions until you collect three of this robot part five of this part from this enemy six of this part and by the end of the game into which i i beat the game i did all those things and then i saw the the end game content i was like oh Mm -hmm. this is rough this is rough so it is so full of this stuff that it's overwhelming like it's just like you don't even know like i couldn't tell what it I play games. I, I can figure out menus pretty easily. But there's war zones. There's vaults. There's story missions. War for Wakanda. There's there's this, uh, you know, Hawkeye side mission. There's a Spider-Man side mission. It is just overwhelming. And the game is just giving this to you over and over. By the time you reach the end game, it's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do now. Yeah. Am I supposed to level up Captain America? Do I Should I get him to level 50 and gear level 150? Like I, I just I just don't know. Like, and I know you well, avoid these games like the plague, John. Like yeah. service games are not your thing. Does does any of well, this sound appealing to you? I'm probably not painting the best light no. on it. No, <laughs> I mean, and the, yeah, it, it it doesn't. And it's 
it's interesting, man, because you know it. These these games, these live service games, just try to do anything that they can to keep their audiences and mm-hmm. you know prevent you fr- prevent you from playing other games and. You know that that in and of itself is just so counterintuitive to why I play games. I mean, I know this might sound weird, but one of my the favorite things in video games is deleting a game off my console. Right when you <laughs> when you beat a game and you get in your you know you're full, you you either enjoyed it or you said I don't want any more, but like you you can put it behind you. You know, it kind of makes me feel like I've accomplished something, right? Or you know, it's so satisfying to platinum a game and then delete it. And it. With these games that just constantly give you more and more and more, and just don't you want to get that number a tiny bit higher and a tiny bit higher, you have to have a damn good like gameplay loop like to to get me to stick stick around. I can think of maybe a couple games ever that if they were live service games that I would I would stick with. You know, like Hades, right? Like the gameplay loop in Hades is so fun that if that was a live service game where you just can continuously level up different things and, and whatnot, sure, I might give it a shot. Um, you know, Binding of Isaac's another one that comes to mind. Returnal would probably be, probably be one. These games that have such good gameplay that, you know, I, I want to stick around just for that reason. But, you know, from everything I've heard about this game, from everybody that's played it, it's so repetitive and so samey that there is no reason besides getting that number just a tiny mm-hmm. bit higher to, to keep going forward. And so, you know, it's it's the way the industry is moving. I mean, I believe Sony has said that by 2026, they're going to have 10 live service games that they'll release. And that doesn't mean they're all going to have the exact same model as an Avengers or a Destiny. You know, Factions, Last of Us Factions could be one of those live service games. And, you know, that could be fine because as long as the multiplayer you know, component of it's fun and there's a good leveling system and unlock system and, and things that keep you engaged. You can put that other live service games outside of that and I'll still want to play the game, but it's, it's a, it is slightly concerning for me, you know, seeing, seeing Sony go out and buy a team like Bungie, right? Bungie, great team, super successful, you know, but how much effort are we really putting into these live service games? Are we just trying to do it to chase the money or are we genuinely trying to keep that PlayStation pedigree um, into our, all of our games and just, you know, really move the brand forward? And if Bungie can help us incorporate some elements into it, great. But I don't know, man. I, I just I don't like the idea of games in perpetuity. You know, Rocket League is the one that I have that with but you know that's apples and oranges right i don't think anybody in their right mind would compare avengers and rocket league they're two different experiences entirely so you know i'm, I'm happy that you you know you i'm glad you 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 got through it how, how long did the campaign take you would you say like just the campaign it was over 10 hours for sure um okay that's de- that's pretty decent yeah, I just the life service part of it is just to get you to buy stuff. I I didn't mention that part. It's like on top of you know the grinding of the gears, there is a store in which you can buy you know all the different skins. You can unlock new finisher moves and new banners and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's what they are trying to do, right? They're getting you to play the game, get attached to these characters, and hopefully you choose to spend money on it. Um, and even uh, just taking the 
I'll, let's remove the live service part of it and just the game itself. As I mentioned, the voice acting is great and the animation is incredible. The The characters animate incredibly well, like throwing Catching America's shield to have it come back, to kick it out of the air again and send it back out to hit these enemies is incredible. To do all the crazy Black Widow moves and spin around guys and and you know all these wrestling moves that she does and then whip out your pistols and then zip line away that that's that feels satisfying or even just yeah, iron man I, I, you know I, I do always like it when black widow whips it out we'll say that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the iron man you know the, the beams and the pulse the missiles and the the pulses that he shoots out of his hand that that it looks great it feels great but you're doing all this stuff against very uh, as you mentioned, all the same enemies over and over again and very spongy enemies. So doing all these sweet moves into a giant mech that just shakes it off is very boring. It sucks. And so... Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. That's a, that's a question to wrap up the conversation. So <laughs> please finish your thought. Uh, oh, no. And, that's not, and we're not even getting into the issues that I'm running into in a game that's about the, that is two years old. You know, it just it's about the two and two years old. Is the load times are bad on PS5 on the PS5 SKU? Really? Uh, yes. I haven't come, I haven't come across a bad loading PS5 game yet. That's interesting. <laughs> They're not so bad by yourself. But when you're factoring in other people loading in, they're noticeable. But they're still noticeable by yourself. Like I, sure. um, Like when you are playing with other people, the network issues of other players just glitching around, and you know the frame rate dropping as they're moving around the screen, uh, is is very like off-putting. Because how if you're with three, you play up to one to four players. If you're playing with three of your friends, it's just like. How are you supposed to coordinate what you're all doing? Like it just, yeah. it's just like chaos on the screen. And then there are the bugs, and it's been a while since I've seen some good bugs. You know, and I played Cyberpunk this year, uh, but having loading into a match and being under the map as Iron Man and looking up and seeing all the other players <laughs> moving on top of the map and just having to fly my way to them, or <laughs> yeah. uh, when the lo- when you're going in between matches or you're like you're not at the home bases, you sit on your Quinjet. You know, all the heroes just sit there. I had this bug where whenever I was on the Quinjet, the dual sense vibrate was on like max. Like it was just going <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like, and, and you were like, yeah, exactly. And then I would go into a game, you know, do my thing, complete the mission, get back into the Quinjet, and it would, it would do it right again. It would Jesus go right back dude. into it. You know, I, I even like turned the controller off. You know, went to, in, if I popped out to the main menu, it turned off. But the second I was back in the game in the Quinjet, it was just non-stop vibrating so you know it's just and it seems like crystal dynamics was just really out of their element with this you know a a team that is primarily focused on single player games in the past you know they did the the tomb raider games maybe maybe got a little bit out of their element with that well you gotta you gotta hand it to them kind of because like this is a hard task you it's like we're all familiar with the avengers like not they don't all play the same there's similarities between a few of them but like thor doesn't play the same as black widow as to play as hulk or kamala khan you know all these characters are just so their powers are so wild you know it's like if you wanted to do a dc super game and you you're like oh we're gonna put batman next to superman next to the flash it's like as a game designer i'm just like and they all have to exist in the same area Mm -hmm. and then they also have to fight the same enemies like they mostly succeed in that part like 
like like I said, they all feel like the characters. But yeah, it's just it, it was too much. I think it was a, it was right. And, and right, maybe the, the, thing, the tools know, the and the engine, because like this was previous gen hardware. On top of that, we're just not there to like to get it uh, well across the finish line. And I'm sure the poor sales don't help with the with the continued support of this game. So yeah, that that might have been a game that like literally the only team on the face of the earth that could have pulled it off was like Bungie, right? Somebody that knows how these systems work and and has the tools and size and all that stuff, but. I guess one one question about it, Nick, one final question is, are you happy with it, or does it make you sad that one of your favorite IPs <laughs> got done dirty like this? Or, like, I guess... Do you do you wish that there was that this game didn't get made and that maybe we would get like an Avenger style game done by the right team or or something like that? That's that's a really hard question. I don't. I'll never hate the effort, right? Like you know, they they tried and and maybe if there was a a, a character they released that I was more drawn to, uh, you know, like a like a Wolverine or one of the X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I maybe I would just stick it out because you know I just enjoy playing that character. I like you know I would like to see it through to get all their their gear and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I and it and it's crazy yeah. because this also you know kind of tarnished Guardians of the Galaxy, which was also released <clears throat> by Eidos later a year later, and that I love that game. That was one of my favorite games. Yeah. So yeah, I, it would be interesting as. The, all these rumors come out of more and more Marvel characters and <laughs> more studios getting games. It's, I'll be curious to see how those all turn out at, on top of Marvel's Wolverine from Insomniac. So, no, yeah. I don't. I don't fault them. Like, like I said, I think it feels good. It feels good to to throw Mjolnir and hit guys with it. It just has a weight and theft to it. And, you know, they. Um, I, be, I believe it's pronounced Mjolnir. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so. So no, I like I said, I'm glad I played the game. I think you know it's it almost got there. Like it's just, I wonder if they removed the live service elements entirely, and it was just a single player slash co-op game. Uh, which I guess I sh- I meant to mention this is like I this makes me more curious what Gotham Knights is because I think that is what Gotham Knights is trying to be is try to get pull back from the live service elements that plagued Avengers and just be a loot co-op game set in the you know the the Batman universe within the Bat family. So I'm really curious how that's going to turn out, but I also think Crystal Dynamics is a better studio uh, than uh the studio doing uh, Warner Brothers Montreal that's doing uh, yeah. Gotham Knights. So, but I'll, I'll keep my eye on Gotham Knights. But I did have that thought: is like, I'm definitely not excited for Gotham Knights now. I got to be playing this. How could you? How could you be? <laughs> well, here's what I'm hoping, Nick. Here's what I'm hoping happens for you, specifically for you, is that Avengers comes out, meh. Gotham Knight comes out, they improve on the formula. A couple years from now, somebody's going to make an X Men game just titled X Men, where you get like eight. <laughs> to 10 different X-Men. You can be Gambit, Wolverine, Beast, whatever, Cyclops, and it's the same thing but done to perfection. So that's what I'm putting out into the world for you right now, uh, and hopefully that can uh, you know, be something for you in the future because I know that would be, probably be your wet dream project. But Maybe maybe you know. Insomniac's building to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Insomniac's just <laughs> trying to get like all the superhero games out of the way so they can just put them all into one thing. Yeah, they're building their own uh, MCU. God, that would be, that'd be something. <laughs> all right, so... We're done with that. Let's move yes. on to the final topic. 
John. All right. Super quick. This will be a super quick one. So uh, this will be the second uh, appearance on this podcast of, I'm going to title it The Wheel of Destiny. Uh, we're going to figure out what game I am playing next after Death's Door. The so. Wheel <laughs> of <laughs> games. Um, so <laughs> um, I put six games on a wheel, um, you know, for the next Next thing I'm going to jump into, so real quick, going to go through the games. Uh, so similar to Nick, I have Death Stranding on my list. Um, I've played a little bit of it, but you know, Nick and I, it's kind of a blind spot for us, and, and being that it's Kojima, you know, really curious about the uh, actual story of this game. I have a good feel for the way that it handles and stuff now, which I think I can get behind as long as the story is good enough to pull me through. So uh, hoping that, uh, you know, that would work out for me. Uh, then I have Disco Elysium. Uh, same kind of thing. I've played a little bit of this game. Um, I know Nick Nick uh, said that, you know, uh, you shouldn't have to play a game just because it reviews very well. But, Nick, I don't have as much willpower as you, so I see a 92 <laughs> or a 93 or these lists that come out saying, oh, greatest game of the generation. I just, I have, I'm so curious. I have have to at least see it a little bit more um and then i have cyberpunk 2077 uh for ps5 you know obviously nothing more needs to be said about that game but i you know i've held off on playing it to make sure i can experience a good version of it um then we have yakuza like a dragon which is um the uh, essentials one of the essentials games for this month um you know we talked extensively about it last week but Nick and I did watch a trailer for this game today, and I think, Nick, that you'll agree, uh, much more excited to try and get into this now after watching the trailer. Would you agree? Yes, yes. I definitely plan on playing this uh, this week. Yeah, so so might, uh, might get into that, and then have Gran Turismo 7, um, which has been one that's been on my list for a long, long, long time. And honestly, if this is the game that gets picked, it probably wouldn't be my primary focus because it's, it's hard for me to to dedicate just straight game time to like a, a game like that, right? It's more of a, a good side game when when you want to like relax for a bit or maybe just do a race or two. So, um, I think your but TV that is going to make you feel otherwise. <laughs> oh, right. my TV and my sound, like, yeah, with the yeah. sound system and the yeah. TV, man. It's gonna, I think it's your gonna, setup's going to change your mind on this real quick. <laughs> well, and kind of just real quick going back to our peripheral conversation, I've always wanted a wheel, too. So, like, that is kind of a space where peripherals do still exist as that high end, uh, you know, wheels and flight sticks and things like that. So, um, you know, if that game gets picked, you know, at least get me to buy it and, and check it out. And then uh, finally, uh, one of the last games from the PS4 generation that I'm still um, trying to get to, you know, we'll see if I do or not, is Dragon Quest XI. That's a, that's a bear, and I'm honestly hoping that one doesn't get picked here. <laughs> but, you know, similar to your Persona 5, you know, JRPG that's 80 to 90 hours long, so it's, it's a big one, but, um, you know, something I still want to do. So uh, can I get a drum roll, Nick? Can you uh, hear that? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> roll. I'll right, see. You fucking. Want to guess, Nick? Want to guess? Death Stranding. Death Stranding. I. Oh my lord. Kojima. It's like a Kojima curse or something. I don't. I don't understand. All right. Yeah, and that's fine because I'm honestly already playing it. So just real quick behind the curtains, Nick and I have done this wheel thing now. Five straight spins. With six options each, death stranding every time. So the universe is trying to tell us something. I guess we got to do it. All right. Well, if you're gonna start playing, and I'll I'll continue playing it. I kind of fell off, but I'll 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 try it again. So okay, it so would be interesting in to have a side by side you know discussion about the game. But sure. uh, 
All right. Well, there it is, folks. Death Stranding will be talked about going forward. And Will, Will, if you're still listening, this is for you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. (laughs) Yep. Go down this rabbit hole. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure sure if we both completed this, it would be a a whole podcast topic because it'd be like. Oh, easily. Because I just as we talked about before, this, this game is what the insane. fuck was this? What the fuck was that? What the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on over there? Yeah. What the fuck was he thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so. <laughs> all right, well, we did it again. Six things are in the books. John, what are we leaving them on? Ah, yes. So some of that fantastic Death Store music that I was uh, mentioning earlier. Uh, this is probably the most upbeat track where you kind of, when you have to go in and fight some mini uh, boss battles with some, uh, some, some, some harder enemies, uh, it's titled Avarice. And uh, yeah, man, enjoy. It's pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Yes, great track from David Fenn, who did the whole soundtrack from the game. So uh, you guys will get a Perfect. kick out of it and hopefully check the game out. Sweet. All right, so that's it. We will be back next week with more things. Until then, everyone, we will see you. Bye, guys. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.